Welcome back to the program. Hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you on board today. This portion of the program brought to you by uh, New Mail Medical. We'll get back into that coming up here in just a bit. But uh, bringing him in now, uh, our buddy Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus joining us on the hotline. Brad, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good. Uh, you know, I wish, obviously, we were uh, a little bit uh, better off as a football team, but uh, all in all, I can't complain personally. But, man, uh, right now the Packers uh, just sitting kind of stuck in the mud. They didn't make a deal. Uh, I, In my opinion, they're valuing draft picks higher than somebody that's proven that's going to help the team in the here and the now. Do you, it, we, we, you know, I get the Packers are in a different situation. Everybody else, you can talk about draft choices and building for the future and getting something to help a team that looks as if they're going to win right now. you got two, maybe three years with Aaron Rodgers, and then it's done. Why in the world would you not throw in an additional seventh or sixth or fifth-round draft choice to make a deal for a wide receiver that can legitimately help this team? Yeah, I'm with you 110%, and I am generally the person that is making that argument about draft capital and, and being frugal, and I do believe in the Packers' general approach. This year is different, like you said. I mean, you make this massive investment. You have a $58 million option coming up for Rodgers this offseason. You're trying to determine the course of the next couple of years of your franchise. You reinvest in all these defensive guys, Devontae Campbell and Russell Douglas, these kind of diamonds in the rough on defense, and then you're not willing – to make maybe that final push at the deadline that can get you back on track, can bring in a bona fide known commodity wide receiver that is so desperately needed. Um, I'm with you. It, it is a misstep. They should have, you know, I, I do think Chicago and them battling over the player and, and Chase Claypool from Pittsburgh and Chicago, Chicago willing to go to maybe a top 40 pick is probably an overpay for Chicago. But, you know, it, it's it's a win. The window is now. The window is not, you know, down the road. The uh, the Packers standing pad, I, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I don't see but maybe two, three games, a couple of times against Detroit, once against Chicago maybe, that they're actually going to be favored. We could be looking at a team that wins only seven games this season, right? It's entirely possible. It's hard to look at them and say they should be heavy favorites. In the last couple of weeks now, uh, you, know, I, you know, I do a gambling podcast, and we look at them laying, you know, a touchdown on a spread, minus seven, minus eight against some of these teams in New York, and and Washington, and I didn't guess they would lose those games outright, but I said, why is anyone laying a full touchdown on this Green Bay Packers team in any of these games? They obviously went on to lose all of those games outright. So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. You can write the ship. You can get back on track. You have David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins maybe hopefully finally actually playing on a week-to-week basis. Rashawn Gary getting healthy again. You know, you can point to certain things, but at the end of the day, no one's going to come in and magically fix this team where it's needed most at wide receiver. I don't see why Odell Beckham Jr. would go to Green Bay as opposed to other options. Uh, it, it is a pretty bleak outlook for the rest of the year. Okay, we talk about some of the things that have been done. The Packers didn't do anything, but you're staring, as you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a big cap hit next year. you got uh, J- Aaron Jones coming up as well with a big number. You're going to be paying some of these other guys that you have on this team. David Bakhtiari is a huge cap hit going into next year. You would assume he's not going to be back with the team. How in the weeds are the Green Bay Packers financially? Yeah, it's, it's pretty bleak um, because you, if you are going to move on from some of those players, I think Aaron Jones, even as good as he's continued to be, when he signed his extension, it was a, hey, this is a two-year contract, and then we're probably going to move on. Um, A.J. Dillon hasn't really been super efficient, about 4.1 yards per carry, has four drops on the year, so they've kind of stopped targeting him altogether, uh, which is not a great development there. You'd imagine using a second-round pick on a player at that position, the goal was to have him eventually supplant Aaron Jones. 
um, you know, with Bakhtiari, he is good when he plays. Like you said, though, it's hard to kind of justify if he's going to be in out of the lineup. And remember there was that quote from Zach Tom about how the whole team always did, the whole offensive line group always stays ready to play because you see Bakhtiari in practice and he looks like he's like limping around at all times. So, yeah, it's a pretty bad situation. I mean, they, they are currently a little bit under the cap, uh, about $4.5 million under the cap for next year with most of the roster signed, 46 players before any draft picks. But, you know, you, you need talent, and they're lacking in a lot of top-end talent. Um, so, uh, boy, I, you really got to figure a way, in my opinion, to keep Aaron Jones. Uh, I don't, I, I, at this point, I think I'd part ways with David Bakhtiari only for the fact that he's not giving you much of anything, even though he did play rather well last week, unless he really comes back and looks like David Bakhtiari and the knee is no issue. I still think I would cut uh, ties with David Bakhtiari. So if you do end up with, you know, 14, 18 million under the cap by the time you rework a few of these deals. Is there somebody that's going to be available that you feel would actually help this team wide receiver wise? And this is the other big thing. And again, like I said, first, you know, I am from Chicago. I support the bears. I, it objectively an early second round pick was an overpay for chase. Claypool. That is, that is in my opinion, a fact, but you look at this free agent market and it's bleak. That's why I think you know, these trades now are getting so expensive. At the same time that the market is going up from a contract standpoint, it's also going to get harder and harder to trade for these guys that are known commodities that can come in and be you know, impact difference makers. I don't think Claypool is a phenomenal fit on both of these teams' offenses, obviously very similar with Luke Getty coming over to Chicago. Now you look at the free agent market, Jacoby Myers from New England, who is a good, maybe not great player, you know, mostly a slot, can move outside now, can win against man coverage off the line of scrimmage, can obviously, you know, find soft spots in the zone, has been productive, whether it's Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. You know, I think a legitimately good player, but he's a former undrafted free agent, and I think he's literally the best player hitting the market. Alan Lazard is up there on that list as well. You know, a good player, again, not a great player, maybe not a true impact difference maker. Um, you know, other positions, there is help at offensive line if they wanted to maybe, you know, make a bigger move, like a Mike McGlinchey out of San Francisco, or even some smaller moves, probably more likely. There is talent there. Um, but again, you know, the biggest glaring need, a wide receiver, which look, you know, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson could get healthy, could get, you know, mature and grow and get better as players and maybe make a larger impact next year. But if you're looking for a wide receiver in free agency, you're probably not going to find one. Did the Minnesota Vikings going in with uh, Hawkinson and adding talent at the uh, the tight end position? Uh, obviously, they're all in, but how much better did they get when it comes to the uh, the NFC? I think it was a pretty legitimately you know impactful move. You know, the news corresponding that Herb Smith, their former second round pick, is out for about eight to ten weeks now with a high ankle sprain, which will effectively end his career as a Minnesota Viking. I think that was obviously very relevant. He'll hit free agency, and now with Hawkinson on board, I think they basically just got out ahead of figuring out tight end in free agency and just said, let's just get our long-term answer in a 25-year-old good player. You know, has he lived up to his top 10 billing? No, he has not. He, he was supposed to be this incredible blocker and then a good receiver. I think he's an average blocker and a good receiver. Uh, but for them, you know, you needed that third weapon. K.J. Osborne is an okay third receiver, but he's truly, in my eyes, the third pass-catching weapon is T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah, I mean, they're making a push. It's obviously a down NFC this year. They are, I think, a, a class below the Philadelphia's, the Dallas's, maybe even the San Francisco's. I just worry a lot about their defense, but I get why they do it. I think it's both a now move and a future move. 
think about an extension for Hawkinson and try to make him a part of your foundation for the next four or five years. Uh, talk, talk to me about Philadelphia. They made a move. Obviously, they're a good football team. Uh, the East is loaded, as you had just mentioned. Philadelphia, Dallas, New York, all sitting there. Each team, uh, you know, Philadelphia undefeated. Dallas and New York both with six wins on the season and only a couple of losses. Give me your thoughts on the East. Yeah, I think Philly is the class of the division, and I do like the move for Robert Quinn. I mean, he, he really has kind of fallen off from last year, and this is kind of the big thing we push at PFF, or one of them is, he had a very, very unsustainable pressure to sack rate last year. Only had 47 quarterback pressures, but 18 and a half of those converted, um, you know, into sacks. I want to say Rashawn Gary had about double the amount of pressures last year. Obviously, did not have 18 and a half sacks. So, you know, that's the things we're always looking at, and the regression this year to now. Quinn has one sack on the season, has really not been productive at all. Um, you know, it, it was foreseeable. That being said, a lot of these moves where I find it smart for these acquiring teams is. Quinn goes in there now. They have Josh Sweat. They have Brandon Graham. They have Hassan Reddick, their free agent addition. They can rotate these guys. And Quinn can go from playing almost every snap in Chicago to maybe playing, you know, 50%, 60% of snaps and making a larger impact on every single one of those snaps. You know, obviously, a true, pure pass rusher can go after quarterbacks and win in a very, very valuable way. Um, I think they are, they should be the heavy NFC favorite. And I honestly, I think Dallas, um, is number two in the conference. Uh, the Giants, uh, I'm not really a believer in. Um, you know, fun story. They've beaten a lot of, you know, mediocre teams. They do have an easy schedule going forward. But I think it's Dallas and Philly potentially battling for that number one overall seat. Tell me about Seattle. Do you think they're a real, you know, a real threat? Uh, I mean, obviously, what's gone out there with uh, the quarterback situation, certainly there's some MVP talk. There's comeback player of the year talk. San Francisco making a deal to get better as well. Give me your thoughts on the West, which was supposed to be so incredibly strong and really has not lived up to any of its billing. Yeah, it's pretty funny that, you know, we all probably pegged Seattle to come in the last in that division and they're leading the group now and, Hey, I'll say this. I was doubters. I took a long time to get there with Seattle. Um, you know, Geno Smith is legitimately playing good level, high level quarterback, making you know inc- impressive throws into tight windows, reading things pre-snap, and, and being very organized and detailed, and understanding what he's seeing and where to go with the football. Often before he even hikes the ball. Um, you know, we always talk about again, like Cooper Rush. You know, won four games in a row, and there's this created silly controversy of. You know, should they start him over Dak Prescott? Like, the guy was, no. He was efficient on play action. He was not a good quarterback in a true drop pack, situ- drop pack situation. And they kind of just carried him with a great, you know, great, great defense. In Seattle, the defense is not very good. I think that is still their weaker side of the ball. Um, but Geno is playing legitimately top five, top ten quarterback. He deserves to be in that MVP conversation. So, I think it's fair to say they are maybe a contender to make a you know, win a playoff game or two. I struggle to see actually making a Super Bowl push, but yeah, you know, good for them. I still would bet today if I could, the Niners will win the NFC West. Give me your thoughts in the AFC. We know it's Buffalo, maybe Baltimore. I think Cincinnati's in danger of not even making the postseason after being the AFC defending champions. Kansas City obviously is going to be right there at five and two. And then there's Tennessee kind of the fly in the ointment. Give me your thoughts in the AFC real quick. Yeah, you know, I think the Ravens, they lose those three games by a score early in the year, sit at 3-3, three and three, and arguably should have been a 4-2, and two, maybe a 5-1 and one football team. And now we're seeing some of that positive regression in those one-score games. They kind of sneak away with one in Cleveland. They were the better team, but Cleveland almost came back and gave them another crushing defeat. Uh, but they got, got, out of, got out of there. 
excuse me, then go to Tampa Bay, get a good one on Thursday, and now you look at the schedule. They get extended rest from Thursday to Monday, then go to New Orleans. That is a winnable game. Then they get their bye. Then they host Carolina at Jacksonville versus Denver at Pittsburgh. Um, they still have another game against Cleveland, Atlanta, Pittsburgh again. I mean, I think they could win 12 or 13 games. I don't think they're going to threaten the, the number one seed in the AFC. I think the Bills and the Chiefs right now are in a class of their own in the entire NFL. Um, but I think the Ravens are right there as the three seed in the AFC and do have the potential, if they get hot, to make a serious run and maybe challenge one of those teams. But I think that the playoffs go through Buffalo this year. Brad, always good stuff. I appreciate it. And we'll talk again week okay okay sounds good thank you appreciate it pal talk to you soon there you go brand spielberger joining us from pro football focus at pff underscore brad also deals a lot with the cap with guys that are coming up and uh, you can get him on overthecap.com as well but that's brad spielberger joining us for a couple of minutes uh we are also going to have coming up after the top of the next hour matt lafleur's press conference where he explains a little bit uh, of what he had to say yesterday further today We'll get into that discussion, but uh, that's coming up. Stay tuned. We got a lot to get to. Uh, I we got questions pouring in. We got comments pouring in, um, and and we obviously want to go through our uh, power rankings today as well. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, so stay tuned uh, with all of this. Uh, we got it all coming up. This portion of the program, by the way, we can't do it without a lot of our great people. That is our friends from Quick Trip, uh, and don't forget for the Quick Trip Opening Drive contest. Right now, going on a quick trip. You can't, if you, all you got to do is stop by. You need gas anyway, right? Stop by, get yourself some gas. You're good to go. Uh, just type in your quick rewards number. No problem. Good stuff right there. And you're automatically registered. One lucky winner each week will be eligible, then drawn. And when the Packers, during the opening drive contest, uh, when they end up, uh, you know, picking up a yard or two or five or whatever, for every yard garnered, you get 10 bucks. If they score, you get five hundo. Good stuff from our friends over there at Quick Trip. And all you got to do is go in and get what you need anyway. To, but but you got to get use the Quick Rewards card. Got to use the Quick Rewards card over there for our friends at Quick Trip. Uh, stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. to have you bill michael show we continue on 877-867-1670 you want to hit us up please feel free to go ahead and do so i saw our buddy uh, ryan de stefano and the gang from wabam w-a-b-a-m out at uh sema out in vegas for the sema car show which is one of the biggest in the country and a nice display and making a lot of contacts but uh, the little the little engine that could right out of Wisconsin, right out of Colgate, Wisconsin, continues to grow, and they're out there doing their thing at SEMA and the car show out in Vegas uh, this past week. So, uh, again, I have been telling you about it, whether it's industrial products for something, say, to clean up uh, around the shop, maybe it's janitorial products that you need for your business or for your home, for that matter, or if you're talking about cars and boats and side-by-sides, UTVs, ATVs, motorcycles, whatever it happens to be, they got products for everybody, and they're proprietary blends, So, which means they own the, the formulas. There's not a whole lot of that stuff that's out there. So go to get, G-E-T, getwabam.com. So many people, detailers now swear by this stuff. 
Go to getwabam.com. Getwabam, W-A-B-A-M, getwabam.com. Uh, this one's from Sean. It says, Bill, Packers are in salary cap hell. That, as much as anything, prevented any trade unless you're dumping cap space for the next year. No way they could take on more cap money. Um, well, you're going to be dumping space ne- next year anyway. You have to. You have to figure some things out because you're already 2 to $3 million over the cap. This year, going into this this off season, Ben, what were they? Were like forty million or thirty million over the cap going into the off season, right? Yeah, I think it was so. like some crazy number. So if they're fifteen million, eighteen million, twenty two million, whatever, you know, it is what it is. It, nothing prevents you completely from doing anything. You can do whatever you want to do. And don't forget, you know, okay, because I know the Brandon Cooks thing with uh, eighteen million guaranteed. I get that. But first of all, it's nine million this year, so let's start right there because it was nine million because you're only paying them half for half a season. Then it's whatever Houston will be willing to take on. Maybe they weren't willing to take anything on, therefore that deal wasn't made. I'm not saying you know going back to what Brad said, Chase Claypool might have been a little bit high for a second round draft choice. Yes, the Packers offered that. The Bears offered the same. They figured the Bears pick would be higher because the Bears are going to win less games than the Green Bay Packers. Okay, I get it. If I'm the Packers, I go two and seven. Two and a seven. To get a guy that's proven right now. Is he your number one? As of right now, he is. He's better than anything you have. Get him acclimated. Get him in the system. Get it going right now. Get it ready for next year. Even if it doesn't win you a championship this year. Right? And plus, he's on a rookie deal. He's, you only owe him a million bucks next year. It made sense. But there are times when you hang on to the unknown, figuring you're going to make gold out of chicken stuff. And it, it's always been mind-numbing to me when you've got a proven player in one hand and the future of an uncertainty in the other how many guys' egos will say, oh, no, that uncertainty, I'm going to turn that into gold, and I'm going to let this guy go. you got to be pretty big balls to say, I'm better than that, when your track record shows you're not. 877-867-1670, if you want to hit us up, do it. Um... Two second-round picks for a rookie. Um, no, I wouldn't have gone two, but I would have gone one plus a seventh. That's what I would have done. Absolutely. I, I mean, the question then becomes, okay, you don't want to make the deal because you don't want to what? Lose your draft pick? Again, that goes back to the fact that you are unbelievably confident that draft pick is going to amount to something incredible. Right? 877-867-1670, hit us up. Bill, you know the biggest thing sitting with me wrong right now, aside from the lack of moves that were done yesterday, is the fact that uh, Brian Gutekinds isn't speaking today. Matt LaFleur is at the podium right now trying to take the questions of what his GM did not do to bolster the team or maybe the right. missteps he's had in the last two years to bolster the team around Aaron Rodgers, He's not speaking today, which I think is kind of a joke. Uh, I, I would agree. I would agree. Why didn't you, then again, you know what? It saves us from a day of, 
cliche. Right? Is he going to tell you, yeah, we were in on this guy. Yeah, I called that guy. Yeah, we were going to trade this. Yeah, we were going to trade that. We were willing to do this. A day of cliche. I mean, if you're going to come out and talk and actually be honest about something, that's one thing. That's the only thing that drives me nuts. It's all red China. It's after the fact. It's after the fact. You could have, you can come out and say whatever now, but it's all after the fact. I mean, it's, it's done. It's not like you're suddenly giving away state secrets. You can come out and say, yeah, we were willing to do this. We didn't get a call back. We would have liked to, or, you know, Hey, had we had a chance to up our deal? Yeah, we probably would have done it. Uh, or the question then becomes, why didn't you try harder? Why wasn't there more than one or two or three guys that you were in on? And if you were, how deep did you go? Give us the reasoning for not making a deal, and don't you dare say we're happy with our room. Because Packers fans are not that stupid. You would be the only one in the state of Wisconsin saying that. I I, I would agree. As a radio producer, though, I kind of want those cuts. I kind of want the little drop yeah, the cliche. that would come. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm starting to warm up to LaFleur because he's giving me more to put on the drop board and to to yeah. keep saved away for certain occasions. Sure. I need more from Goody in that regard. So it's a the very cliches, selfish way of looking at it. The cliches are flowing, no doubt. David says, come on, Bill, don't uh, don't forget those trades are just silly. Remember? Right. Yep. I, I would agree. Yep. Um, Tom says there's no accountability at 1265 to anybody as long as the games sell out. Packers merchandise keeps selling. And the Titletown District stays full. Nothing changes. It's all about the profits, not Super Bowls anymore in Green Bay. Um, this one, who's this one from? Brian says, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks have covered up the inept front office for 30-plus years now. Two Super Bowl titles in that span shows how pathetic they really are. The Packers are still playing off the glory years of Lombardi and the Ice Bowl. Uh, give the fans in division championship uh, and above 500 records every year. Throw in some NFC championship games every now and then and get lucky with a Super Bowl title or two. Packer fans will be happy with that. Uh, that's the team motto. Uh, this one's from Tidbit. who says, we actually have to listen to LaFleur again. I'd rather have Ben just play. My baloney has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R and never... I just... Insert Matt or Barry for Oscar and go from there. The positive Pete right now. <laughs> Mo Drayton. He's being hurt. He's a positive Pete. He's a positive Pete. Uh, by the way, Matt Schneidman says, yep, Gudikins not available. Uh, and LaFleur says he's not going to talk about the trade deadline. <laughs> Just. All right. Do you not realize, is there any, hello, is there anybody inside the walls of 1265? You are getting killed. Killed. And are you asleep at the wheel? It's, you know, look, it's, okay, myself, Matt Schneidman, Ben excluded, okay? Just don't listen to us. The fans want to know what the hell's going on. You are owned by the people. Are you just waiting for, for next year's stockholder meeting to think, wow, you know, if we just shut our mouths, it'll pass by. 
Nobody will ask about it. Well, I'll be rejuvenated and buying Rogers jerseys and pens and pencils and stuff. We'll forget about it. Come on. Bill, I do have a 20-minute video on the Packers' YouTube of Jordy Nelson talking about being inducted to the Hall of Fame. Oh. We could play that in the 1 o'clock hour. That broke yesterday quite conveniently. Look, Jordy's coming. Jordy's coming. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, somebody run quick. Get me a change of pants. (laughs) I was kind of wound up yesterday, wasn't I? Oh, my God. Uh, so the floor doesn't want to talk about the trade deadline. Kudikins doesn't want to show his face. All right. Okay. This is where radio becomes therapy, Bill. Yeah. For you, for me, for everyone listening. Yeah. I'll tell you this. The emperor not only doesn't have any clothes, he, it looks like he's been swimming in a cold pool. Just The emperor owes money and back taxes. Yes. That's where we are today. Yeah. Greg says, what, he's gonna, what is he going to talk about? Um, You just come out and explain why, with all the expectations being so high for this team, where the failures have come. Maybe the, mid, the, the midterm state of the union, so to speak, as the general manager of a football team. Nothing more. And, you know... <laughs> Darian, you're right. Darian says, it doesn't matter. It's all red China. We'll get a bunch of cliches and nothing of ever substance. I'll give the Packers credit because they do speak. They do come out. They do take questions. They make it longer than many other teams. I get that. (laughs) But they don't say a whole lot. Rogers says a whole lot. Rogers very calculated. Sometimes you just got to listen enough to what Rogers says to understand where he's going with the conversation. You know, we finally feel like the Packers. We finally had a good week of practice. In other words, it hasn't been good behind the walls of 1265. That's, uh, you know, I don't know if he's sticking up for and making a case for his his coach or he's saying, hey, the coach finally figured it out after eight weeks into this season and scrambling and trying to cover his own ass and trying to look like a deer in the headlights and actually running the football and doing things that, you know, are substance in practice after I had, I had to call guys out to say, look, if these guys aren't getting the job done, quit, you know, kind of, kind of wimping out and go after them and talk about players reps and guys sitting. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what we ought to do. Oh, that's not a, a, a real huge story. <laughs> no. Oh, Tom says, at least I have one thing I don't have to look forward to. And that's heartbreak in January. Uh, Robert says, any chance the Steelers ask Claypool, Claypool his team preference? No. No, zero. Not as a rookie. Nope. They got what they wanted. Off goes the move. They think, now here's the irony in all of this. Let's just say Claypool comes in, Justin Fields has a target to throw to. Their offensive line does just enough, and Justin Fields runs his way to Six or seven wins. Maybe eight. Getting crazy on you now. Maybe eight wins on the season. Think about that for a minute. And let's say the Packers end up with seven. And the Bears have a worse draft pick than the Green Bay Packers. The oh, Then we can at least point at the Steelers and go, ha, joke's on you. We, we suck more. <laughs> um, 
Brian wants to know how many fingers of whiskey Rogers probably had last night. I, I'd have to go one of those big uh, big Yeti cups. I don't know how many fingers it holds. <laughs> right now, the only finger that's wagging is the middle one, and that's from the Packers to the fans going, no, we're not getting anybody. Come on. Come on. What you crying about? Go buy a jersey. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Good to have you back. Hey, our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery say that, uh, hey, you want to drink those uh, Packers problems away? You can do that. <laughs> Uh, some good wine always, uh, made from a Wisconsin, uh, group of people right there in Peshtigo, Wisconsin. Uh, it's always a good way to go. And however you want to enjoy it, especially with the holidays coming up, start stocking up now on your favorites. So whether it's Pinot Grigio, Rieslings, uh, Moscatos, Merlots, Cabs, whatever it happens to be, they got it. And, uh, some of it's even award winning, although they don't really kind of rest on their laurels on something like that. They just make it for people who just enjoy so, and it's not crazy expensive. That's the best part about it. Get a hold of our friends at ForgottenFireWinery.com. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. Ask for it by name. Grocery stores, liquor stores, wine stores. You will not go wrong. I'm telling you. And if you stop in to the uh, winery in Peshtigo, Wisconsin, it, which is not huge. It's just, you know, a small building, and they do their own thing there. And uh, go in and ask Jake. Say, hey, Jake, I heard it on the Bill Michael Show. And they'll give you the wine tasting and everything right there. All complimentary. Compliments of our good friends at Forgotten Fire Wine. Forgotten Fire Wine, great stuff. Made by Wisconsin people for those around us. Good, good stuff. Uh, let's go to our buddy L listening to us in Philadelphia. L, what's happening, man? How's the therapy going today after nothing happening yesterday? It's horrible. How you doing, by the way? I'm doing um, good, man. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I wasn't expecting nothing really to happen anyway. And I was expecting well, what I did expect was an excuse as to what he tried to get and didn't have enough assets, didn't put enough up. And, I mean, it, it, it came right down, you know, right down the pipe. I mean, true fruition like I thought it would. I mean, you you give up a second-round pick. And, I mean, I can understand Pittsburgh's stance. They want to get the best pick possible. But at the same time, like you said, why can't you just ask, well, okay, well, what else do I need to give you? Or is there anything else that you might want? Or just throw anything else that's just you that arrogant to think that you just want to get what you want to get and then wait to the last minute to try to do it? I don't get these guys, man. I just really don't. So I, I don't all, either. It's, it's ridiculous, man. Like, I mean, first of all, they fooled all of us thinking that this roster was going to be enough enough to go ahead and, and, and challenge for a championship going into the season. And as you see, it's not. There was no true cohesion between the wide receivers and Aaron Rodgers or the offense altogether. We see that now. And not just that, also, again, I was talking this yesterday. You go into a game where the game plan is to run the ball, you got two of the best backs combo in the league. You'll be only run the ball 10 to 12 times a game. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. You got mm-hmm. a coach that when you ask him questions, he doesn't know how to answer them because he doesn't know the, the answer to them, I guess. I don't know. And then to the top all that off, now you got to deal with, you know, these games coming up and the, 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 you know, the, the fact that we haven't tooled up or anything. But I do want to speak on the defense, though. So I remember it might have been a year or two ago. 
Um, this matter of fact, it was two years ago. That's when Mike Patton was still here. I remember the defense struggling, and I think this is when we had Zadarius. Zadarius went in along with the guys and spoke with Mike Patton and told him basically to unleash us and let us go. And then yeah. the defense, defense changed, you know, basically got it together and came together and, you know, was playing solid football. Do you think the same thing could probably happen with them, uh, with Joe Barry? I mean, I know we don't have a leader like Zadarius on the um, defensive side of the ball, but I hear, I, I hear reports that, a lot of the players are complaining about his play call and then there's like a scheme and what he's doing. Do you think that might possibly happen to help put a, like well, a fire up under him or something? Yeah, you know what? If if they're not if they're saying it behind closed doors, if you're if you're kind of chirping in the media, it doesn't go over well. But if you're saying it behind closed doors and moves are being made and Matt Lafleur has been aware of this, then. Yeah, I think they can make some make some changes and maybe get a little bit better and such and kind of play the way they want. I mean, they have changed to a certain extent. They are playing a little more press. They're also playing a little more man. We see it time and again. But it's still some of the things that they do, you just question, like, why are you doing this, you know? You got Great. Rasul Douglas instead of being on the outside, he's on the inside. You've got Jair, who's better in slot and can cover some of the number one wide receivers. But sometimes they, they kind of want him a zone and they it, I just I and then you're playing 10 yards off the ball on a third and six and I I yep. wonder why I, and you yep. know the personnel up front to the rotation up front I there's a lot of things you can legitimately question about this defense agreed thank you all right buddy talk to you soon that's L listening to us in Philly uh by the way Ben when he called did you ask him if he was a, a Phillies fan oh yes we've discussed and? it oh yeah 100 percent okay yeah just checking yeah Big big night last night. You guys had uh, you guys had power flowing last evening. Oh brother, yeah, the city's on fire. Once Kyle Schw- once Kyle Schwarber starts hitting home runs, you know it's uh, you're, you you got destiny written all over it now. Oh, the whole team is going off this postseason. They just got to yeah. figure out the top end of the rotation. I'm actually going to be flying home this weekend to either watch Game Six and Seven at home or hopefully for a parade. So yeah. big, uh, either the greatest okay. or worst weekend of my life potential. All right. Hey, nothing wrong with that, man. Go home with all kinds of hope. Have you ever been a part of the, now were you there when the uh, the last time they won the series? Yes, I was. And did you go to the celebration? Were you climbing a pole? I went to the celebration. I was not climbing a pole. I was with my mother. Okay. Uh she okay. probably made sure that uh my 10-year-old self did not become fully, you know, okay. on a pole. Yeah, you know. I was going to say you were kind of young at that point in time, so it's been a little while. But, uh, yeah, I remember being a kid in 75 and 76. I didn't go to the 75 celebration after the the Reds beat the Sox. I didn't do that. Uh, but I did because I was only like nine years old. Uh, but in 76, I remember my mom took me down to Fountain Square when the team came home after sweeping the Yankees. And uh, I do remember that. And that was when uh, Sparky Anderson called Johnny Ben Sugar Bear and introduced Sugar Bear. And the place went crazy. I'll never forget that. I was, uh, my mom and dad were there, and my, my dad had put me on a mailbox, and I was standing on a mailbox holding on to, a, like, the, the, the pole next to me, the, the, the uh, telephone pole. Hmm. And uh, I stood on top of a mailbox and, and watched the celebration. I'll never forget that. Never forget that. Mom bringing cowbells. All these people had cowbells and everything. Was, cowbells were crazy down there. Were the so, poles properly lubed? They were not lubricated. They were wood. And they had splinters in them where, you know, guys had climbed them with those spike things in their shoes. They were not metal yet downtown. So we didn't have the metal poles. We had the wooden ones that were implanted into the into the concrete. So I remember that. 
going to a going to a victory celebration like that that's it's nothing to forget man it's you know sometimes you think about it and you're like ah this is great especially when you were a kid like i can't wait for the next one and then you think <laughs> as you get to a your adulthood you're thinking boy are we ever going to see this again so yeah it's if you get it man go enjoy it yeah By i don't mean i don't want to get ahead of myself here i'm i know kind of preparing my dad grew up a red sox fan and he went home yep. for game six and seven in 1986 when the red sox should have won and had yep. it in the bag and then buckner happened so that's it. He actually texted me that right. this morning. And I said, I know. I, I'm fully prepared for sadness. <laughs> Always prepping for the worst. Well, welcome to Wisconsin, <laughs> where, where uh, it seems to be the, the premiering prevalent thought running through many. Ah, oh, we'll get there, but ah, we're not going to win it. You know, people said that about the Bucks, and then the Bucks certainly pulled it off. So kudos to them. And the Bucks right now are one of the, one of the preeminent thoughts for uh, winning a championship this year. And Giannis already early on, and the way too early to predict MVP chase, Giannis is uh, already running away with it by many, many accounts. So maybe uh, maybe the season of rest after the the hangover from winning a championship a couple of years ago, maybe the season of rest, the offseason, gave them the uh, rejuvenation for the batteries, and they're off to a fast start, undefeated, back at it again tonight. There you go. Hey, speaking of tonight, we got the huddle tonight. Going to be down at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill in the Deer District. Come on down tonight. We'll be down there 6 to 8. Game starts at 7. So if you want to come down and catch uh, some of the pregame with us, talking football, and then afterwards you head over to the Fiserv Forum and check out the Bucks and the Pistons tonight in game two of that back-to-back uh, with a day off in between. Come on down. We'll be at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill tonight, 6 to 8, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We'll be right back. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The NFL trade deadline passed with no deals for the Packers. Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool went to the Bears, although a number of networks say that Green Bay did offer as high as a second-round pick. The Packers play the Lions in Detroit Sunday at 3-5. and five. Aaron Rodgers says they can still turn things around. There's a lot of teams in that 4-4, four 3-5 and four, three and five range. We still have nine games left. There's a lot to play for, obviously. This is an important stretch for us coming up because we got a uh, division opponent, and then we have two games in uh, in a week uh, with uh, Dallas, who's obviously playing well, and then Tennessee is playing well. Both games at home, which is great. But, you know, it's November football now. The weather's continuing to turn, and we need to be playing our best football moving forward. Rodgers on the McAfee Show. Jair Alexander asked, did he ever imagine the Packers would have a four-game losing streak at this point of the season, and can they overcome it? Honestly, in this league, everything happens so fast, so you really got to push it to the back. You know, you really got to be critical of yourself, and then on to the next game. That's what I'm going to do. Is it surprising, you know, that, that you guys have four straight losses? Yeah. yeah, it is surprising. I, I feel like we got a really good team, really good defense. <laughs> so, yeah, it is surprising. There's been some reports of some of the Packers players complaining about the defensive game plan during the stretch. Head coach Matt LaFleur. It's impossible to please everybody. Everybody has their own opinions, their own ideas. It's like anything else in life. You know, you have to... Get the staff on the same page first and foremost, making sure that everybody is confident in the plan, and then you teach it to the players. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. I believe in doing the best that we can today and then work on tomorrow and taking it one game at a time. 
And that's the approach that we've taken since day one. I know we're in a little bit of a hole right now, but the approach is not going to change in terms of the mindset. We've got an NSC North opponent that they know us well, we know them well. There's been some great battles. They beat us last year in Ford Field at their place in the last game of the regular season. So, you know, you can throw the records out the window, in my opinion. I mean, it's the NFL. It doesn't matter who you play. If you don't play your best, you're going to get your ass kicked. Well, there you go. Not much he can say, right? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. There you have it. There you have it. He goes to the. You're going to hear Matt Lafleur coming up after the top of the hour. By the way, just an FYI. FYI. Going to hear it because it was. It's a. Uh, it's a conversation in which he. Uh, <laughs> well, for lack of a better term. Um. He was thrown to the wolves, and Brian Gutekunst did not take the podium today to say what they did and didn't do. So just throwing it out there. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there, New Male Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. All you got to do is call 414-455-4451. 414-455-4451. That's the New Male Medical Center. Give them a shout, whether it's for ED Weight loss, um, low testosterone, go get your numbers checked if you're over the age of 30, supplements, vitamin, whatever it is you need, they can help, kind of help you out. Balance that body back up. Good stuff from our friends over at New Mel Medical. Like I said, coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur and uh, what he had to say today at the podium just a little while ago. And uh, this one is from Ash. Ash says, I just can't believe the Packers didn't do anything. In a year in which you only have, in a year in which you only have the closet door closing on the career of Aaron Rodgers, why would you then sign him if you're not going to do anything? We've been talking about this for a while. I I completely agree. I you know I I get it. We, you know I, you you sign Jair, you sign Bakhtiari. You sign Rodgers. You're spending this money. You bring Rodgers back for $50 million a year. You know that Devontae leaves. You know you're going to need some help. I get the Sammy Watkins thing was, a, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, throwing a dart at a dartboard. But I, 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 I don't know. I don't get it. But, you know, who am I? I'm a voice in the wilderness, man. That's it we got another hour yet to go. You're going to hear from the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Philosophically speaking, now what? It's Lions Week, my friends. Lions Week! Here come those lions, those sons of bucks. Yeah, boy. When was the last time that you and I ever thought to ourselves, holy crap. Legitimately, they could lose to the Lions. Now, we always know going into Detroit, not the easiest place to play. But for the most part, you're always favored. You're always thinking, this is a win. This is a win, right? You know, even with Jeff Janis on a team, that Hail Mary, December 3rd. Come on, right? Not this time. Now you're going, holy crap, we could lose to the Vikings. Good guy. Good God. More to come coming up right after this.
The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.